0: Hello and welcome to the Tales of Faith podcast. Uh, This is the first one of these. Um, And welcome to a new adventure into what this could be. I've been uh, doing Tales of Faith as a uh, kind of blog for the last year and a half or so. But now adding an audio component. Um, Just to introduce myself, I'm the Reverend Aaron O'Chart. I am in... Uh, New Orleans area where I serve as a pastor of a Presbyterian Church USA uh, church and I have done I think this is actually the third cycle of narrative lectionary which is a four-year thing either I've actually this is oh, the third four one years. okay that makes sense yeah it's yeah. a four-year cycle um and you hear the uh beautiful melodious <laughs> voice of um Louise Ochart's yes relation happens to be my wife. Hello. Um, But also serve in other capacities, so introduce yourself.
1: Um, Yeah, I'm Louise. I'm the Christian Education Director here at the church, Um, but that is not actually my teaching or my training. It's just something that I get to do and enjoy doing working with the kids. Um, I'm a stage manager by education and um, pastor's wife and all (laughs) sorts of cool stuff. So
0: she took all the classes in seminary to be a pastor's wife.
1: Yeah, which is zero. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly zero. I always preface it with, I did not go to seminary. I went to art school. <laughs>
0: uh, but we thought that this is a great opportunity to kind of have some of these conversations. Um, I've been uh, thinking about doing a podcast for this for a while, and I did not know, but Louise has also been thinking about podcasting, so this is a great opportunity Um Again, sort of uh, we have different perspectives, and that really provides a lot of depth. So this week we're in Narrative Lectionary 213. We're looking at Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 14 to 28. Um, This is also the first Sunday of Advent, so that's exciting. Um, So a little context on the book of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah is a prophet prophet. Near the very, very, very end of the southern nation of Judah. So this is um, last week we heard about Josiah, who was a king of Judah, who was sort of um, brought about some reforms within Judah to kind of get back to the worship of God of Adonai. Um, and those went pretty well for a generation. Um Jeremiah started his his ministry around that time. Uh, but then Josiah's son, whose name is escaping me at the moment, uh, basically rolled back all of those reforms. And so a lot of Jeremiah's work is in those next couple of kings as they are falling away from what they're supposed to be doing, trying to get them on track, and runs all the way up to um, the fall of of Jerusalem and Judah to the Babylonian empire. And then also some words of hope for the exiles into um, sort of into that time of exile as well. Okay. Uh, the book of Jeremiah is also could have used maybe a better editor because it's, <laughs> it's a very sort of like uh, all over the place. It's a, um, a
1: little scattered.
0: Scattered. Yeah. What's the, uh, like a, anthology type thing so there's a bunch of writings that are kind of stuck together there's a bunch of more narrative bits that are stuck together and it's not necessarily in chronological order so sometimes you have to like
1: so it's a collection but it's not
0: yeah yeah um so where we are right now this particular um section is between like during the siege of jerusalem by the Babylonian Empire, so they've come in. They have besieged the. They have besieged Jerusalem. They've taken taken some folks out of uh, in captivity and brought them to Babylon. Um, Jeremiah himself has been imprisoned. This is the second time, I believe, he's in uh, the cistern at this point. But because he keeps telling the leadership of Jerusalem, "Hey, you need to wise up. God needs to be on your side." Or else you're going to fall to Babylon. They don't want to hear that, and so they've imprisoned him. And so he has this vision while he's in prison, and it's actually a vision of hope. Like this is bad stuff, but ultimately it's going to be okay. So that's kind of where we are. Okay. Um. So why don't we? Any questions?
1: Uh. No. Are we two kingdoms or one? Oh, we so
0: the, yeah. So this is. One kingdom at okay. this point, Israel, the we Northern Kingdom. we
1: came back together.
0: Right? No, okay,
1: we haven't split yet.
0: Okay. No, no, we have split. So there was the northern country of right, right, right. israel okay. and and Judah in the South. Oh. And, and then- at this point, Israel has fallen right. okay. to the Assyrian Empire. Okay. So they functionally don't exist anymore. Right. Um, we will also hear there are references to Israel which is not the nation of Israel, but the people of Israel, descendants of Jacob, Israel.
1: Right.
0: So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, We'll also hear Judah, uh, and sometimes it'll be Israel and Judah because it's these people, but not necessarily this nation.
1: So are those used interchangeably or Mm -hmm. specific to each nation?
0: They seem to be interchangeably, and, and Jeremiah tends to use both. Okay. Um, right, as because we'll it would see would be
1: written to both it, even though the nation of Israel yeah. has fallen these things still would apply to them right okay
0: and because some of the people even though the, the division the division lines between the northern and southern countries are around those sort of ancestral lands mm-hmm. by tribe that doesn't mean that everyone in Judah is from the tribe of Judah right, right, right. Um, and so there are some of some of the other tribes that have all intermixed and that sort of stuff right. So it's probably primarily folks from Judah and also Levi because Levi didn't have lands they were just mm-hmm. scattered all over um, but there are also other other folks descendants okay. of Israel so yeah so uh, Jeremiah chapter 33 verses 14 to 28. The Lord Adonai is our righteousness. We'll just we'll take like a paragraph at a time. Um, so you notice they're again using Israel and mm-hmm, Judah together. kind of interchangeably, and also this image that we actually heard a couple of weeks ago from yeah, Isaiah of this branch that comes out of the the stump, right? Um, and noting that that's what's really important is it springs up out of David. Mm -hmm. Um, So a continuation of this promise to the Davidic line, which is pretty important as you're under siege by the Babylonian Empire, the king who is currently king is not going to be king much longer. That's not how it works. But that there's this continued promise. Right.
1: Um, And that there's a hope for the future of not just you as a people but specifically of the line of david which has that i almost say like gravitas but like that 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 is where they have that hope because mm-hmm. that that has been spoken of previously mm-hmm. we can go all the way back to abraham mm-hmm. to look at that that overarching theme of a continuation of the people
0: yeah and specifically the davidic line where um the, the promise to David and, yeah. and all of your descendants and all this sort of stuff. Um, and that's really important for Judah or it has been um, the, the nation of Israel had all sorts of different people. And there was a lot of backstabbiness and, and sort of new dynasties that last maybe a generation or two or three, and then somebody else takes over. Whereas all of the Kings of Judah are, Trace descendants of David. David, yeah. Right, um, and it may not always be the first son. There's, there's some, oh, okay, uh, sort of playing around with it, but they're all descendants of David.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. The the stump and the branch were something we talked about with the kids when mm-hmm. we did the vineyard. Um, that was that was part of that. How that's how that comes together.
0: Yeah, and and Jeremiah is maybe a generation after Isaiah, so. Okay. Um, of that sort of first Isaiah, uh, cause sometimes we break up Isaiah into, there's kind of like before the exile, mm-hmm. original Isaiah. And then there's a possibility of two or three sort of, uh, people who, who took up the mantle and wrote later, okay. sort of reflecting back in the same, um, that make up that, that book of Isaiah, but, um, certainly, or it's not unlikely that jeremiah the prophet would have would be familiar with the writings of isaiah and so this is a specific reference like i'm I'm using this same imagery that a previous prophet has used right yeah um and also just noting that this promise of safety right Jerusalem will live in safety and and that image, again, in the midst of while there is a siege, like it's an active siege of this city um, to proclaim this idea that that there is going to be a time of safety. Like this is not always going to be the case. And it's not going to, um, there's not an ultimate destruction of Jerusalem as well. Is kind of part of that promise.
1: So is that because there was a destruction of Israel? Are you thinking that that we're saying to Judah, yes, you saw Israel destroyed, but ultimately whatever you go through is not going to be the same as that, or it's not going to be the same as the flood, or it's Mm -hmm. not going to be the same as... Right. Because we have this hope and this promise and that the people of Israel, though that 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 kingdom has been destroyed, still live on even here in Judah. Mm -hmm. And so that whole the totality of Abraham's descendants and and, um, the 12 tribes will continue to live on in Judah and into with this hope and this promise.
0: Yeah, that's an element of it that that. um, Yes, because they have seen the the destruction of the nation of Israel, but because Jerusalem itself is under siege, like there's, there's a, there's a big army outside of, of the gates. Um, So yeah. So that broader understanding, but also the more specific, like this specific campaign will not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But also it's carried on because it's still a word of hope even with the destruction of jerusalem that there will be a future time where this that that destruction of jerusalem is not the final word as well right um and the reason why this we read from jeremiah and we don't read from uh, what was his name so there's there's a story about uh, a little bit before this About another. Shemaiah. Hananiah. That's the one I'm thinking of. Hananiah in chapter 28. Is this other prophet. Who doesn't like what Jeremiah is talking about. Um, And. Conceivably. Hananiah also wrote some some things right but we don't pass down the the words of hananiah who was saying don't worry everybody everything's going to be okay we do pass down the words of jeremiah who say okay everything is is bad right but it's going to be okay eventually right right so there's there's kind of that element does that make sense
1: um yeah i think so that you know like We could placate each other and just say everything is fine. We can, we can, uh, you know, especially we have those platitudes as Christians, right? Mm-hmm. God is in control. That, um, you know, everything is God's will, and that, like, we have those platitudes which can offer comfort. Mm-hmm. And while they are true, they don't always. Both get the same the watches. <laughs> um,
0: not always true in the way that we think that, that we they think are. they are. Yeah. Um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, Asher and I had a really interesting discussion about answering God, answering prayer. Our son. Um, yeah, I would say our kiddo. Um, and that God always answers prayer. He just doesn't always answer it the way we want him to. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always answer it in a way that we recognize. And um, And so sometimes those platitudes that we give ourselves, they don't do what we want them to do. They may make us feel better, but in the end, they don't have a lot of meat behind them. Mm-hmm what jeremiah is saying has meat to it it's it's something and it's something we have to chew on it's something we have to digest and really think about and it doesn't always make us feel as good as you know um everything's going to be okay and we don't have to worry but ultimately how much more meaningful and how much more can we learn from those things that we have to chew on and have to think about and have to digest than just the platitudes um and how much deeper can we even take those platitudes too mm-hmm. um, That was a tangent. We're going
0: to do a lot of those. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, (laughs) ready for the next section? Uh, So 17 to 18 is, For thus says the Lord Adonai, David shall never lack a man to sit on the throne of the house of Israel. And the Levitical priests shall never lack a man in my presence to offer burnt offerings, to make grain offerings, and to make sacrifices for all time. Uh, so a continuation of sort of, again, that Davidic promise. Mm-hmm. But also in addition to the Levitical line, this is the the line of the priests, um, that that's always going to be the case. Right. Um,
1: but it's not that it'll always be here in this place. It's not a promise that the temple is always going to be there or that things are always going to be the way that they are now or the way that they have been but that things will be okay and they will be good and they will be in God's plan even if it doesn't look the same way or feel the same way or the same thing but that God's promise is is what we is is what we hold on to there
0: now you'd be preaching to the 21st century church right (laughs) um yeah I mean that's that's definitely a point of connection. Yeah. Because um, there's, there's an element to our life as the church right now in the 21st century um, that feels like under siege. Um, and it feels like there's, you know, the enemies are the gates and our institutions are going to crumble. And um, some of that's true. Right. And some of that's actually really good that our institutions need to.
1: That's what I was going to say. Like, yeah. there's a reason why God allowed this to happen, yep. right? Because ultimately, God has power, right? Mm-hmm. We believe that. And, and God can stop things from happening. Ultimately, God allows things to happen to us for a reason, I believe. And sometimes we understand that reason. Sometimes we don't. That's okay, too. Um, but God allows this thing to happen and out of that, the rebuilding that takes place is the is 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 the hope and the joy and the future. Mm-hmm. And what's happening to the church right now? We need to look towards that hope and that joy and that future instead of clinging on to past and post COVID and the '50s and you know the mm-hmm. all of that. We need to look forward. Um, yeah another
0: tangent absolutely no it's great um and and uh, just thinking about the extreme hope of of that in this situation um a rabbi friend of mine says that um one of the reasons why there's kind of jew hate and and uh, all of this anti-semitism and that sort of stuff is partially from conflicts like this where the ancient standard was well, if we defeat you, then our gods are more powerful than your gods. Um, and in fact, like uh, we don't see it here, but I think I, I want to say it's in this siege, uh, the Rabshaka, which has that's just an awesome name. He comes to, to the people and is like, hey, our gods are more powerful than your gods. Like, you know we we have had envoys from like your God and they said that they're not, they're not actually not that powerful or whatever. Um, but the Jewish response has always been like in the midst, you know, Jerusalem is completely destroyed. And instead of going, you're right. Babylonian gods are, are better than the Jewish God. So, you know, we're just going to worship your gods. Their response is, well, yeah, sure, you defeated us, but that's because our God gave you permission to do so. Right. Um, our God is ultimately more powerful. We're messed up. We needed some correction. And so God, Yahweh, Adon- Adonai, excuse me, um, has given you victory over us for our benefit. Right. Um, and that that's frustrating for a... You know all of these various sort of powers that come against these people. For every time they're defeated, for them to say, "Oh yeah, it's it's because our God let you win." Yeah. Um, Well, and and that's kind of part of that hope is like even destruction does not mean the end. Right. Adonai is still behind us.
1: And what beauty do we find in rebuilding? And what hope do we find in rebuilding? And what? What newness of life do we find in rebuilding? Um, and, and what resurrection do we find in that rebuilding? Mm-hmm. And that maybe as we look at the church going forward, we need to be thinking more ways in which we are living out the resurrection of Christ in the resurrection of the church mm-hmm. into yeah. something new. Um, and, and the redeeming power of the resurrection how can we play that out in the redeeming power of the church coming into something mm-hmm. new yeah um yeah that when things when things are broken and busted the rebuilding can bring something new and different and be- better mm-hmm. many
0: times right that there's you put it in a different way um that there's this move of deconstruction mm mm-hmm. And part of that is also an act of construction, right? right? There's an answer to um, deconstruction is not a, is not necessarily the the goal in itself, but that there's a constructive side of it. Yeah. Um,
1: and you can use elements absolutely from the past. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Like re- a reclaimed wood table. How mm-hmm. beautiful is that? Like that. There's beauty in using those things purposefully and intentionally knowing the reason that you're doing it mm. and having a specific reason for that to be part of the build. Yeah. And, and not just because I've always, not just because that we've always, always been done been it there. that way. Yeah. Now that window is there because it catches the light or, mm. you know, I've put that window back there intentionally. Mm. Um, you know, and, and that, that intentionality is, I think something that we as Christians have lost sight of in a lot of ways, the intentionality Mm -hmm. of what we do and why we do it and um, how that informs where we should go next.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's move on. Um, The next paragraph is 19 to 22. The word of Adonai came to Jeremiah, Thus says Adonai the Lord, If any of you could break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the night, so that day and night would not come at their appointed time, only then could my covenant with my servant David be broken so that he would not have a son to reign on his throne, and my covenant with my ministers, the Levites. Just as the host of heaven cannot be numbered and the sands of the sea cannot be measured, so I will increase the offspring of my servant David and the Levites who minister to me. I love... There's a... um, A connection to like, almost this is part of the very fabric of the universe. Mm -hmm. Just like you can't do anything to change the sun from coming up or or going down, like that's how solid this thing is. Um,
1: And and that this has always been the plan. mm -hmm. This has always been part of, like I said, the fabric of the universe. Mm -hmm. The fabric you know, woven together, this beautiful story and the, the tragedy and the joy and all of that is important to the plan, the mm. overarching from creation to the new kingdom, that that is all woven together for a reason, specifically mm. God is doing these things specifically, um, and that we do not have the power to change that. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, we have power to go to God. We still have power in prayer, we still have power in in our faith, and not to change God's heart, not to mm-hmm. not, you know, God is God is God, but we have the power to come before him Um. And ask for his guidance and ask for his will and and open our hearts and our minds and
0: um and scripturally there's very much that um that emphasis on relationship Mm -hmm. that god wants to be in relationship with us and there are some places where you know and there's lots of interpretations around but you know um what comes to mind is is moses coming down from the mountain and finds the golden calf all that sort of stuff and God saying, "I'm I'm gonna just wipe these people out." Yeah. And Moses saying, "Well, hold hold on, like, no, you shouldn't do that. This is the reason." And at least narratively, God changing the divine mind because of relationship. Yeah. Um, and and maybe that's an element of this where um, God chooses to be um, with us and for us right? Um, That, and just sort of a different perspective on the God has uh, a full plan about how everything's going to go. Also part of the plan is God chooses to be in relationship. Mm -hmm. God chooses to be in relationship with David and David's line, despite how, royally pun intended they mess up right um i still choose to be committed to these people yeah um and that's never going to change um each day is going to be new but i'm going to be committed to these people um to this relationship um and that no matter what happens that will not change um just to as a as a different way to to look at the same thing
1: yeah and yeah and i I mean we we always tend to look at these that that idea of omnipotence or whatever you want to call it maybe slightly differently Mm -hmm. i tend to take the well god knows everything so while you know we can pray to him and and it seems as though he's shifting it's that he knew we were going to do those things and so right. you know um and and so we i think have just tiny different perspectives but yeah, we ultimately yeah, absolutely. get to the same place right. um which is that god reigns and that's the important mm-hmm. um and i think ultimately that's one um i think that's such a such a uh, important thing that not everyone sees is that you can have different perspectives mm-hmm. And get to the same place. Yeah. And that's okay. I don't have to try and convince you mm-hmm. of what I think in this little microcosm of a of an instance. And you don't mm-hmm. have to try. We can talk about it. And we can yeah. discuss it. Uh, but ultimately, we're going to get to the same place, which is God's power and God mm-hmm. reigns and God in our lives.
0: And um, we can be enriched by.
1: Both perspectives. Yes.
0: Yeah, by the different perspective. Um,
1: um, and I think, again, that comes into my slightly more spiritualistic mm-hmm. uh, uh <clears throat> Sorry, I ate that chocolate. and no, I got a little tickle in my throat. Um, uh, tending to be a little more loosey-goosey, a little more like, I don't have to understand this. I'm okay with, mm-hmm. with the spirit moving in these ways. That um, I can say, yeah, I, I just think that God does this thing, and that's okay. Like That's yeah, right. all I have to say, <laughs> and I'm good with that. Um, gosh, there was something else I had talked about with the youth, and I can't remember exactly what it was now, but... Um, Maybe it'll come back to me.
0: Um. Another thing to note is the uh, the bringing up of this the image of the host of heaven that can't be numbered in the sands of the sea that can't be measured. Mm. Um, this Abrahamic. I was going to say that uh, goes back to Abraham mm.
1: and the stars in the sky. And, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, interesting sidebar there's an interesting sort of again sort of reclaiming an a uh, what is the ancient understanding is how does that under, help us understand what's going on there um, there are some who suggest and this actually goes back pretty far to rabbinic writings and that sort of thing um, noting that part of what's going on there in that and maybe going on here as well is this idea of host of heaven being like we, we look at the stars and we go, oh, you know, swirling balls of gas, uh, right. you know, like that sort of thing. But an ancient understanding was more like these are divine beings. These are divine creatures, maybe their ancestors, these sorts of things. Um, and that part of that promise is is this sort of promise of your descendants are going to be these like, Sort of divine beings, right? Part of God's uh, uh, divine counsel and the host of heaven. That there's there's an element of it. Yeah, I was going to say that, the saints. You know, yeah, okay, yeah, the, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Um, you know, when we all do whatever we do, yeah, when right. we die. Um, <laughs> you know, but that's what it made me think of was the um, the connection to the the saints, uh-huh. um, past, present, and future. That yeah, that is all.
0: Like a Hebrews uh, surrounded by a, a cloud, cloud of, of witnesses. Great witnesses. Yeah, Thank you. That, you. That, was,
1: that was where I was going and couldn't couldn't yeah. quite make that connection. But yeah, yeah that's what that made me mm-hmm. think
0: mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Um, and that there's an element that's intended there that we, in a, a very scientific, materialistic mm-hmm. viewpoint, we kind of miss that poetic side of it. Right. Um, but that's, that's an element there. Um, Sands of the Sea is much more kind of like, there's just a lot of it. There's not an overly and it gets poetic. Everywhere. <laughs> I love you yeah. so much.
1: <laughs> if anybody knows what I'm referencing there, then you are also
0: cool. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then the final paragraph is, The word of Adonai, the Lord, came to Jeremiah. Have you not observed how these people say the two families that the Lord chose have been rejected by God? And how they hold my people in such contempt that they no longer regard them as a nation. Thus says Adonai the Lord. Only if I had not established my covenant with day and night and the ordinances of heaven and earth. Would I reject the offspring of Jacob and of my servant David and not choose any of his descendants as rulers over the offspring of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. For I will restore their fortunes and I will have mercy upon them.
1: Okay. So go back for me. What's that beginning bit about? The,
0: uh, have you not observed how these people say the two families that the Lord chose have been rejected by him? Okay. Bit? So
1: who are those people?
0: Um, so I think that that is.
1: There's a lot of pronouns. i not a
0: lot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think what's going on here is, is talking about the inner turmoil and struggle within a city who is under siege. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, and again, Jeremiah has been going, Jeremiah in is like Isaiah was kind of this um, a court prophet. There are kind of two different kinds of prophets. There okay. are the prophets like Micah out in the wilderness. Hey y'all, wise up! Oh, you better same, do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. um, whereas Jeremiah is one who, at various times, has sort of a connection to the court okay. and to the aristocracy and that sort of stuff. That he has he has to a certain extent the ear of those in power. Uh, though sometimes, oftentimes, they don't want to listen. Um, but there's certainly conversations within that court, within sort of the the politics of, of Jerusalem, that we have this whole army of Babylonians that are surrounding us, and you're in charge. Uh, I think it's Zedekiah at this point. You know, um, you're in charge, priests. Y'all are the ones who are in charge. And this, this is where this has led. So maybe God has rejected you and we need to have new leaders. We need to have new people in charge because clearly you're not doing it for us. Uh, I think that that might be part of it. Uh, part of a belief that God's, um, this sort of divinic covenant, Maybe that's not the case. Maybe we need to switch to another king. Uh, maybe we need to find some other avenues. Mm-hmm. Maybe God is not actually faithful. I think that's part of it too. Maybe God does is not um, actually with us. So maybe we just switch sides because the Babylonians are really powerful and they've got very powerful gods. Maybe we just switch over to them. Um,
1: yeah, so you're saying that these people are the people within, that there are elements within the city itself that are saying that um, that maybe God has left the two families Yeah, that the Lord chose have been rejected by him. Okay, that makes...
0: It may also be, uh, might be part of the Rabshakah thing. I don't remember if that's the siege. I'll have to look that up. But that sort of element there may be some some people on the outside who understand kind of what's the geopolitics of of Jerusalem who are saying, "God has rejected right. this king uh, that was that was an element of the Rabshakeh thing of like, hey, everybody and and they say it, um, the Rabshaka, the sort of like speaker of um the emperor speaks in hebrew people of jerusalem like you know turn on your turn on your leaders um so that that may be that too
1: right well and i i guess i kind of missed this first part the word of the lord came to jeremiah Mm -hmm. so this is god saying to jeremiah hey haven't you noticed have you not heard like are you not paying attention here bud because i'm gonna need you to go in and figure this out like i'm gonna give you something you gotta go tell these people because they're speaking incorrectly about me and about you and about my covenant. And that's not okay. We all need to be on the same page here. Right. Um,
0: And this is after there, there were uh, again, back to the like um, Hananiah, the prophet um, before this, at least in the scripture, I'm not sure if chronologically it's before, um, but we've heard about if, if we're reading through Jeremiah, like Jeremiah takes on uh speaks a bunch of prophecies about the temple um during the the reign of Jehoiakim and then takes on during the reign of Zedekiah who may also be Je- Jehoiakim which makes everything really complicated um along with a a yoke and the idea is like he's going around with a yoke like you would put around oxen and says Guess what, everybody? Like, we are going to be under the yoke of Babylon. Right. We're going to fall to this. So has a, uh, Hananiah, the prophet, gets fed up and takes that yoke and breaks it and is like, no, that can't possibly be the way things are going to be. God's definitely going to give us some um, victory here. Um, and so, like this countercultural message that Jeremiah has of destruction is coming because we have not sort of paid attention. Um, But that does not mean that God has rejected us. does not mean that God has rejected David and David's line. That doesn't mean that God has rejected the Levites. It means, again, back to that God is doing this for a purpose, right? There is our actions of unrighteousness have consequences. Yeah. Um, And so we're facing those consequences, but God continues to care for us. Um, You know, a child, even though they're grounded that doesn't mean that they've been rejected by their parent. It means that there, there's this sort of, um, there's punishment. There are, there are consequences for their actions, but that love remains the same. Right. And it's actually almost, um, bringing in kind of the Paul and the correction, that sort of idea that it's actually proof that God does love us, that there is this sort of element of, of correction and punishment and discipline, um, that, and this is troubling, but the idea that God allows this destruction and the death and all of the things that happen under Babylon, that there is a purpose, there is a um, something greater that that God is drawing towards right. um in either causing or allowing this action to happen. And that's part of part of uh, sort of the overall scope of Jeremiah, because uh, after this, there's a bunch of prophetic um, oracles partially against the people. Hey, listen up this, these, these are the reasons why this destruction is coming slash has come, but also here's hope. And then Oracles against the nations, culminating with uh, really strong oracles against Babylon, saying very clearly, like, yes, God used you to do this thing against God's own people, but you are also going to face punishment. You're also going to face this correction, this destruction. It doesn't mean that you're good. It's just It just means that you... Um, God used your power against Israel, but for for purpose. And you're also—it's not that you're going to escape, um,
1: right? Well, it's like you know, Judah betrays Jesus, but that doesn't make—and that's part of God's plan. But that doesn't mean that what Judah did is okay. Yeah, yeah, you know, Judas. Yeah, Judas. Son, yeah, Judas. Um, yeah, I think the part that I was sort of getting tripped up on a little bit here is the. Um, how they hold my people in such contempt that they no longer regard them as a nation. Mm-hmm. So it seems to me that he's not talking about the people with
0: yeah, that would be more
1: in that that at least this part is about the people outside of the nation
0: mm-hmm.
1: are feeling so empowered that they can talk about the nation of Judah as not even a nation anymore right. And when, you know, historically in the, like, a nation was only as powerful as the whole nation together could be, Mm -hmm. Um, and that once a nation could be broken up, that nation no longer had power. But because this nation was established in God Mm -hmm. and by God, even once it is broken up and destroyed, it still has power. The nation still has the power of God on their side, right? Um,
0: and this, and this kind of this people, yeah, do um, that. That na- like national identity and national sovereignty. After right. once this exist. siege is completed, that's it. Right. That's it for the nation of of these people until the twentieth century. Right. Um, the they will not have national identity even even under the like the median and persian empire will allow the people to go back but they're still a vassal of the persian empire right. and then they're a vassal of the greek empire uh and you know it it just continues on down to the roman empire etc um but that these people there's there's something that transcends those sort of Outward appearances of yeah, a nation. Yeah, that's what I was getting yeah. at.
1: That it's not just a collective thing; mm-hmm. that that it is personal, and it is it is to each person as well that mm-hmm. they have the power of God on their side mm-hmm. um, personally. Mm. Um, and because, and then he said, you know, it says that the Lord said. Only if I had not established my covenant with day and night and the ordinances of heaven and earth. So, look, only if I had not set up everything the way I set it up would I not have this covenant. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, again, I think that goes back to the cosmic overarching picture of, you know, I know where this is leading. Mm -hmm. This is leading to Christ. This is leading to the cross. This is leading to the resurrection. So only if I had not established all of those things would I not keep my covenant with mm-hmm. you. But I did. So that covenant is as solid as the foundation, the foundations of the universe. <laughs> um, sorry, Lord of the Rings. Um,
0: well, yeah, and and, and in, in some ways it's thematically, it's the like, shall anything... Separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ. Right. Or height or depth or angels or demons or principalities. Like, even a destruction of your, of Jerusalem and the temple, even that is not enough to separate me from you. And that was
1: the thing that they had found so much identity in. Yes. um, And so much strength in and you know even back to when we were talking about in last week's lesson where all of a sudden they're like oh wait we just found this scroll that's telling us all this stuff we should have been doing well they'd still been worshiping in the temple Mm -hmm. they'd still found that core identity they'd just forgotten what it meant Mm -hmm. um and i had another thought about internal turmoil Mm -hmm. that as you're going through things like because you were saying that this may be internal things that are happening with Jerusalem themselves um how do we equate that when we internally are going through things that feel destructive that feel wrong that feel like we've lost control we've lost power we've lost we've loved ones or we're sick or we're Mm -hmm. you know how you know we go through those things and yet this message still is foundationally our power is still in Christ. Our, mm-hmm. our power is still in God. The covenant still remains, mm-hmm. even as we're going through all of those things internally and personally. But um, I just found that sort of an interesting way to relate this historical thing that's happening mm-hmm. to something on a more personal level. Yeah. of as we're going through our own personal destructions, our own personal questions, and, and even sometimes our own personal questionings of God, mm-hmm. that the covenant of God's love and forgiveness and salvation is still foundational and cannot be shaken and cannot mm-hmm. be overthrown. And even when we have those questions, um, we can come back. Just like the people, like, you Mm -hmm. know, again, like last week's scripture about the people coming back into that relationship. Um, And that God ultimately does bring his people back together in a different way. Totally different, you know?
0: Um, And there's nothing that we can do to mess it up.
1: Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Nice. That'll preach. Um, That's great. So let's... um, Let's maybe go there is what are some sort of um, sermon threads, children's sermon threads, um, Uh some things to highlight. I like that one.
1: Yeah. uh That,
0: that there is nothing that can separate us. Even, even the darkest of days, even when literally the army is at the gate and they have surrounded us even and, and you're sitting in prison (laughs) Um, even then, yeah. it's not. Um, that doesn't mean that God has given up on us, um, and that's for individuals. That's for you know a congregation. That's for the church in the 21st yeah, century. The that's yeah, the- and our institutions. Yeah,
1: and even as we have broken the church up into all these little segments,
0: mm-hmm, yeah,
1: you know that Israel and Judah broke up into mm-hmm, two kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Well, we've we've got the Protestants, we've got the Catholics mm-hmm. and you, you then you break the Protestants down even further. And then mm-hmm. we add in the Baptists and,
0: and you, our Catholic you, siblings also have some, right. some interdivision. Yeah, <laughs> you've got yeah, yeah.
1: the um, Orthodox and, you know,
0: yeah.
1: even as we've broken ourselves into these little kingdoms. Mm-hmm. That the that God still as just as Jeremiah uses both Israel and Judah, because mm. this this applies to both Israel and Judah. This applies to the church universal. Mm-hmm. Um, even if we don't look at it the same way, yeah, you know, um, that that we have those disagreements, we have those those differences, but that the beauty of that is that it allows more people to find God than less, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't necessarily relate to that at all. But I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> much like most of my tangents. They don't necessarily go where I think they're going to go, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I gotta, I, I gotta think about, um, so I tend to work just to our podcaster listeners. Um, most of the youth that I have are in the eight to nine year old range. And so I often try and find some sort of video game, um, thing to get them in. We talk about Minecraft a lot. Um, I'm wondering if there's something in there about playing in hardcore mode in Minecraft and you make that one wrong move and your whole world's gone,
0: Mm.
1: right? You've lost everything because if you die in hardcore, that's it. Your game is done. Um, That
0: world is gone. That world
1: is gone. But you can rebuild. You can build a new world. It's going to be different. It's going to have different elements. It's going to have different caves and different things to explore. And so while the sadness and tragedy of I lost that thing that, you know, maybe I built a huge castle and, you know, I did all the things and I didn't get to fight the ender dragon, but I lost that world. Um, the beauty and now, OK, but I get to open a new one and I get to go in and explore this new world. Um,
0: and it's still Minecraft. It's
1: still Minecraft and it's still but it's but it's. It may have new riches and new things Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, maybe there's something in there about in our own lives as we go through these things that, that are hard or difficult and they might even feel like destruction that in the end, our life is still in Christ. Our life is still in God. And so we can come out of those hard things into something new and beautiful, um, and into a resurrection mm-hmm. and a joy that we didn't even know we were missing before. Yeah. So something along those lines.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's good. <laughs> also, uh, connecting it to just that we're in the season of Advent and mm-hmm. we're starting the season of Advent. And this, the again, going back to this branch, this righteous branch, um, this glimmer of hope and life in the midst of challenge um, is is really important because the season of Advent, while not quite as somber as the season of Lent, it, it has that somberness to it. And we, you know, this is a purple candle Sunday. Right. Uh, we don't quite switch over to joy until the third Sunday. um still in the
1: morning sickness term.
0: I like that. That's good, <laughs> morning sickness. Um,
1: Which, by the way, does not actually go away after the third term, yeah. trimester, but what else? <laughs>
0: Um, that that's it's that sort of acknowledging and and yeah just acknowledging that lament acknowledging the this sucks like this is not fun yeah but there's still hope yeah Um, and that's and part of why jeremiah is so rejected by his own peers is that you're telling us this is is hard, and it's going to get more hard. Yeah. Um, You're
1: not giving me the warm fuzzies.
0: Exactly. And...
1: I want the pizza pajamas.
0: And that's not dissimilar to kind of what what preaching is like in this 21st century time. Um, Because, you know, we don't really want to hear about the challenges that we have in our institutions. We don't really want to hear about... um, how you know
1: how things are going to be destroyed and rebuilt or yeah how we're going to have to change or how we're going and to how change.
0: generations of people are not part of the church because of what we have been as the church like right. that's not fun to hear no. um but if we don't hear those things we don't
1: we can't address the issues. We yeah. can't change. And that's ultimately the problem with what's-his-name, the other prophet coming in and being mm-hmm. like, nah, it's all going to be good. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not. It's not all going to be good if you just ignore it. Yeah. You have to go through it. You have to experience it. Mm-hmm. You have to acknowledge that this is going to happen so that afterwards we can rebuild, so that yeah. afterwards we can make something um Different. We can still so that we can after we have gone through that destruction, we can still find our identity. But if we just ignore it and we let it happen around us with no plan and no um, acknowledgement of it, then we just continue thinking that it's that it ha- that the destruction hasn't happened.
0: This is fine, right? We're the meme. Fine. Yeah. We're all fine
1: yeah. here. We're all fine. How are you? Um.
0: <laughs> You're just rocking the the <laughs> references. I love it.
1: Today. Um. On a side note, uh-huh. never thought about uh connecting Advent and pregnancy.
0: But that's there's awesome. A,
1: there's a lot there. There's a lot there that there's could be super interesting to, to kind of unpack. Yeah. How Advent and Pregnancy and because you know, we always want to have this beautiful rosy view of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And the people that have been pregnant will tell you. <laughs> wow, it is wonderful. Do have a child at the end of all of it? Pregnancy yeah. is not always all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's interesting. I'd never thought about.
0: Yeah. And yeah, and that mm-hmm. that really speaks to this as well. This sort of like you know that there's going to be this beautiful thing at the end right. of it, but guess what? It's not going to be fun to go through. Yeah, it's not. It's um, not.
1: And there are fun parts, and there are great sure. parts, and there's highs, oh, and there's lows, and you know, but but there, and especially if you're not a patient person, nine months is really long.
0: And it gets longer. Of the... I
1: would know nothing about that because I am so patient.
0: Note for the audio: that was sarcasm.
1: <laughs> oh, I think my sarcasm came through super clear. <laughs> it was like Asher level sarcasm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know that was another tangent
0: that's but, okay tangents yeah. tangents are good definitely. yeah so
1: what about you what do you think in sermon wise
0: <sighs> yeah I think that the um God's covenant God's commitment to us despite everything that we go through um I think that's that's a big one and that's sort of the hope in the darkness um those are a couple of the things that uh, really strike out to me. Um, and those are definitely some places to go with a, with a sermon. So,
1: yeah. Cool.
0: Great. Well, I think we have...
1: Talked long enough.
0: Talked long enough. We've done our, our due diligence um so yeah so thanks for joining us on tales of faith podcast we'll continue this on we're working out sort of the the details and when stuff is going to come out but uh the hope
1: we're... is to record a monday or tuesday and then put it out
0: yeah yeah that so,
1: depends on when i have the littles
0: yeah um and part of this is also recognizing that you know i get my blog out hopefully before sunday ideally on thursday um but you know some of us want to okay. think about things okay. a little bit sooner so this is this is a little bit of an easier thing so i'll continue to do the blog um and let that be a little bit more researchy like i might look into the rob because i'm talking off the cuff right now um and see kind of where that that lands uh but really to to put the two together so Thanks for joining us. Uh, subscribe on um, Substack uh, at Tales of Faith. And this will also go out on podcast options. And if there's a particular one that you want to see, then um, or a particular platform that you want to see it on, let me know and I'll, I'll see if I can get it on there. But you can just sign up on at Substack at Tales of Faith. And that will um, get you an email with both the blog version but also this audio podcasty thing so um i think that's it and let's see about uh,
1: some outro music
0: some outro music let's 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 get back to that uh Mm -hmm. that music and we'll no it's not it's not musicking
1: So this remember how we talked about a place to cut. This might be a place you want to cut and tighten up and put some music in there. So just us talking about other stuff, music. Yeah. Or this could just be the outtakes. Either way. I think that
0: I think we'll we'll put the music <laughs> on top of this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool.